Well, hey, welcome in everyone. Kevin Hissong here with Rain Over Money. Welcome to episode 12. Today we are going to talk about making our money sweat. And what in the world do I mean by that? Oh, we're going to we're going to talk about working our money out like the old Richard Simmons getting uh grooving to the oldies or whatever it was. Uh, making your money sweat, making your money work harder for you when it's just kind of sitting there. Um, if you're lucky enough or fortunate enough or you've planned correctly enough to have some discretion, uh, discretionary income sitting out, sitting on the sidelines, whether it's in a bank account, uh, money market account, savings account, uh, even sitting or, or maybe you're looking at opening a, a taxable brokerage account or something just to invest your money, maybe, I'm, I guess I'm talking outside of retirement accounts because definitely we want you taking advantage of that 401k retirement account that you have at work, whatever it may be. Um, definitely, as we've said before, getting that match, making sure if you're getting a 401k match, make sure you're investing enough to get that match because that's essentially free money from your employer. But outside of that, we talked about um, in the past, you know, what do you do after that to start to continue to, to build up your, your wealth over time. And I'm gonna give you, give you a few ideas here. And it, this is a unique time to be talking about this because, you know, if you pay attention to the news, you know, with inflation and, and rising interest rates, the Federal Reserve has, has been all over the place and you've probably become uh, very familiar with this person by the last name Powell uh, that talks a lot about the, uh, the Federal Reserve and what their plans are. He seems to be commanding which way the stock market is going right now based on what he says. Um, but you know, over the last year, year and a half, interest rates have uh, risen quite a bit, and we've heard the negative side of that, um, and we've heard the negative side of inflation. You know, things are going up, and everything costs more. Well, I don't know if everything costs more. You know, I was having a discussion with my wife uh, just last night about this, and you think about it, yes. I mean, we are definitely seeing, um, you know, gas has gone up, groceries have gone up. The day-to-day -day things that we spend money on have gone up. Even uh, <laughs> we, we looked at trying to get a, maybe a deck done uh, last year and the prices were just outrageous because of the, the lumber issues that were going on with shipping issues and everything around that. So a lot of things have changed, but also a lot of things haven't. Uh, you think about your fixed, your fixed costs, like our mortgage hasn't gone up uh, and that's our biggest payment. Our, uh, luckily our, our education payments haven't gone up. Um, you know, things like that have not gone up. So it's not across the board. You know, you hear 8% inflation, 7% inflation, whatever. It's not 8% across the board. It's mainly on those those day-to-day -day things, uh, goods and services that we're paying for that have been affected. And along with inflation, interest rates have gone up. And what has that affected? That's affected mortgage rates. Uh, you know, anything where you are uh, borrowing money, uh, CD or not CD, um, uh, credit card rates, as we talked about credit cards uh, last episode, credit card rates have gone up. So you definitely don't want to be, uh, you want to make sure that you're paying off your credit cards every month. So you're not paying those, uh, those extra exorbitant uh, interest rate fees that are out there. <clears throat> and say with mortgage, you know, hopefully you're not in the market to buy a house right now. And if you are, uh, maybe you're lucky enough to be paying cash for it. But, uh, you know, us with our 2% 15-year mortgage, we're not complaining one bit because we're not going anywhere. And, um, you know, maybe when the time comes around that we're ready to move around, uh, rates will be back down. But, um, you know, so that, that's the downside. You hear about the downside of rising interest rates. Well, we're going to talk about how rising interest rates can help your money, uh, especially th that, that lazy money out there. So 
I've talked about reign over money as this idea of almost like a kingdom where, you know, you are the ruler of your kingdom and you've got this walled castle around your money. And every now and then you want to send your money out and, and, and almost like, like people or, or soldiers, you want to send that out um, and have your money or your people bring back more people to your kingdom. You want your kingdom to grow from maybe five, 10, 15,000 people to two, three, four million people over time. And that's, you know, that's the, the analogy with investing and, and growing your wealth over time is reigning over your money. So, you know, maybe, you know, keeping with that analogy, you've got some, uh, folks that live in your kingdom that, uh, like to take a lot of naps, like to just, uh, you know, sleep on the job or whatever it is. That that's like lazy money. That's money sitting in your bank account that is just sitting there earning 0 0.01 in interest, uh, 0.05 in interest if you're lucky. And um, we we can't be having that. I mean, we need all of our money or as much money as we can working for us. Now, if you've got an emergency fund that you've built, uh, that that is a great idea to have an emergency fund to cover you know three to six to nine months costs. Um, specifically, you know, more short-term cost. You want that money to be fairly liquid, meaning you want easy access to that money. Yes, that's money you should be keeping uh, in your bank account that you can easily get to. But if you've got some, maybe some longer goals out there, a year, two years, five years down the road, you've got some money, maybe you don't want to invest it in the stock market because the market's obviously been up and down lately and this and that, but you would like it to be earning a little bit more money. I've got some ideas for you on that. And that's what we're going to start with right now. So I was just out looking, um, and, and this is very timely for myself because uh, we are looking, um, you know, to, to, to put some money away for our property taxes. We pay our property taxes. We don't escrow anymore. So our property taxes are due in November. Uh, we'll owe about 8000 8500 somewhere around there. And uh, I'm just looking for somewhere to kind of set that money aside for six months to earn a little bit. Um, so that it, it's ready to come due, I can take that money out and then pay off the um, pay off the property taxes. So uh, I was out there looking today through my E-Trade. I, I love E-Trade. E-Trade is what I've always used. Uh, you may have your own uh, accounts, or you may you know call up your broker uh, for questions, whatever. Uh, but I was looking at Treasuries. Uh, you may have heard of Treasury note, U.S. Treasury notes, U.S. Treasury uh, bonds, U.S. Treasury bills. Uh, bills are the shortest term then notes are a little bit longer, and then treasury bonds are the longest. I was just looking at, 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 at treasury bills out there today, and you're looking at around 4.5, 4.6% as, as stated as the annual yield. And I know a lot of people get confused when they hear, hear the term yield. All you have to do to think of yield, it's an interest rate. Um, it, it's kind of dumb how they do this, but you know, interest rates are on your mortgage. Interest rates are on things you pay. Yield is on things you earn. Um, but if it makes it easy for you, just think of it all as interest rates. That's what I do. So I can get roughly 4.5% over a year if I buy, um, some, some treasury bills today. Um, the thing to remember if you're buying treasury bills, if you're buying CDs, whatever it may be, and CDs or certificates of deposit, usually at a bank, but you can buy them through a brokerage firm as well. Um, all these things are stated as annual percentage yields, APY. Just think of it as that's what this is going to pay if you held it for a year. So if I'm looking at, you know, to, to hold a, a treasury for only six months and, and it's a 4.5% annual yield, 
I'm going to get somewhere around, uh, what is it, like 2.35% for my six months. But hey, if I'm putting $8,000 away, uh, I'll take 2.3% on that money for six months. And that money will then come due. I can pay my property taxes with it. And whatever little bit I made off that, hey, maybe that goes to Christmas or something because ours are going to be due uh, right around the end of October, November. And, that, and that's the nice thing about treasuries. Um, they're very flexible in the time periods that you can buy them. Uh, you can buy one month out, three months out, six months out. Uh, it's all available out there. Uh, but again, everything you're seeing in terms of yield is an annual yield. So you have to divide that by however many months uh, you're going to be using that device for, that, that, that investment vehicle. And that goes for CDs as well. Um, CDs right now are fantastic. If you've got some money, maybe you want to put away for a year, uh, again, E-Trade, I was seeing up to 5.3% as an annual yield on a CD, meaning you put uh, $10,000 into a CD, you're going to earn $535 on that money just for letting it sit there for a year. Um, I do always recommend checking out and making sure with CDs that they are no, uh, no penalty CDs. Uh, so, so that should you need that money early, you can get access to it without paying a penalty or a fee. So that is one thing you'll want to look at uh, as well. And you can buy CDs just with cash. You can buy them in your IRA and so on and so forth. I don't personally buy them inside my IRA or retirement account just because that's money further down the road. And that's money that I'm uh, trusting with the stock market and growth over time in the stock market. Um, but yeah, for short-term money, just just cash on hand, uh, transferring it into a bank. I mean, you know, you can go through Chase, you can go through Capital One. Uh, you can check your own bank. I know a lot of banks are not offering great CD rates right now, but there are some out there that definitely are. Like I said, Chase, Capital One, uh, and then through E-Trade, they were listing multiple ones out there that that they uh, you know offered their CDs through. So I don't even know some of the banks. But, you know, as long as you're going through a bank that's FDIC insured, uh, obviously there's been some stink about banks lately, but, uh, you know, a bank is FDIC insured, so your deposits are are guaranteed. I believe it's up to $250,000, so uh, you shouldn't feel too uh, too iffy about that, especially a rep reputable bank that's out there. Uh, so, again, CDs, great way to do it. Uh, treasuries, great way to take advantage of rising interest rates right now. And that's the thing is... You, you really, with the way your interest rates are right now, I don't know if you necessarily want to hold it for a long, long period of time. I don't know if you want to be buying 10, 15, 20 year um, maturity dates right now because, um, you know, these interest rates, if, if we knock inflation out and, and Powell feels and the Fed feels that it's under control, we may see rates come down fairly quickly. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a, uh, uh, I don't have a crystal ball, but if we did see that, um, then you wouldn't want to be holding 20, 30 years uh, out potentially um, is just my thought. Uh, keep it short term right now would be the best suggestion I could offer. Um, so that's, you know, CDs, treasuries are, are great ways to go. Make your money sweat a little bit. If you've got some extra money sitting in the bank account you were thinking of doing something with, great way to earn a little bit extra and, and take advantage of interest rates. So now I want to pivot from that. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this side of it, but kind of the next step after these short-term treasuries and short-term CDs are bonds. And I think a lot of people think bonds is very confusing. I feel like everyone you know, kind of has a general idea of how stocks work. I mean, there's a lot that goes into the stock market and how individual stocks work. Um, but, but bonds, 
can be confusing to people because you've got these different yields and yield to maturity and the different prices of bonds that fluctuate over time and this, this confusing inverse relationship of when interest rates rise, bond prices fall and vice versa. When interest rates go down, bond prices go up. So if you're invested, um, you know, for most people, your exposure to bonds are uh, some type of bond fund or bond ETF in your 401k. Um, a lot of individuals don't purchase individual bonds. Um, and I don't know, that may be a generational thing. I mean, bonds were a very big deal in the, in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and I even know when I was on the retail side, um, you know, I would say those that, that were from an older generation are much more apt to take a look at bonds uh, because they believe in them. I, I think that, you know, those born... Uh, in the 70s and beyond, uh, we, we are much more believing in the in the stock market versus the bond market. But that being said, bonds can be a good way to go um, as an alternative to stocks because a lot of times the bond market works in, in inverse to what the stocks, stock market is doing. Um, but what I want to talk about is when I got into the retail side of business, one thing that actually was very interesting to me were tax-free municipal bonds. And you know, th this gets into folks that are earning a little bit more money and start to be much more concerned with the taxable income they have coming in and want to find ma ways maybe to make money on their money, but to shelter what they're earning from taxation. And one way is through municipal bonds. Um, it, municipal bonds are, are unique in that they can be offered by different um, entities at the, at the state level, different entities within a state. Uh, you've got two different types. You've got general obligation and revenue bonds. And, you know, they, it does get a little confusing. But actually, one of my, my longtime favorite investments um, has been a, a symbol called NVG, like Nancy, Vic, George. Um, it is a, a basket of municipal bonds. It's actually called a closed-end fund. And you don't see a lot of closed-end funds anymore. Uh, just, just really think of an ETF or mutual fund. It, it acts very similar to that. It's a basket of municipal bonds because I don't want to go out and select municipal bonds myself. I mean, I could, but I don't really want to at this point in my life. So I'll trust the experts to selecting these bonds. And what it does is you're going to get income derived from these bonds. Uh, think of it as an alternative to a dividend. So on stocks, uh, some stocks pay dividends. The, the profits they make, the revenue they make, they spin off and send some of that back to their shareholders uh, for investing in their stocks. And this is very similar to that, um, but this is just the interest that's being generated from the bonds. And why I've liked this one for so long, NVG and its Nuveen uh, Municipal Credit Income Fund, just so you know, and there's other ones out there very similar to it. Um, it pays 4.41% as a monthly um, tax-free interest payment. So that 4.41, again, is annualized. So let's say I've got $10,000, I invest $10,000 in that. I'm going to get $441 tax-free from, um, from that investment. Now that tax-free, that's going to be federal tax-free. I may pay state taxes on that, unless all those bonds were, in, in my case, in the state of Kentucky, but federally tax-free, $441, which is very cool uh, because you have to look at tax-free interest rates a little different because CDs, dividends, all that 
uh, are taxable. So if that's taxable, you've got to pay taxes. Your, your current tax rate comes into play there. But tax-free at 4.1%, 4.41% could be the equivalent of 6, 6.5% 6 on the taxable side. Uh, I hope you kind of follow me there. But, you know, we're trying to compare apples and oranges here, and, and it's a little bit tough. But if you're not paying state taxes on municipal bonds, uh, they can be very handy. So that's one option I like as well. I like that it pays monthly. Uh, what I do is in, is called a dividend reinvestment plan, or DRIP, dividend reinvestment plan, DRIP. If you don't need the income right now, but you're investing in something that is paying you income, you can reinvest those um, interest payments to you and buy more shares of what you own. So in this case, when we get a payment from Nuveen uh, on a monthly basis for this Muni bond fund, uh, we've got dividend reinvestment. So it goes back in and it buys more shares. And over time, it's continuing to buy more and more shares. And the more shares we buy, the more dividends we get. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You see where I'm going with this? Um, you know, over time, if you're willing to hold these long enough, you can really start to build up a nice income stream. And that's what's exciting about it. So that's just a precursor to the next thing I want to get into, which is my, my all-time favorite. Um, but that's kind of how tax-free munis work if you hear the term out there. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about real quick on how to make our money work a little harder is dividend-paying stocks. Now, if you've got money uh, on the sidelines, maybe you've already got a CD, uh, but maybe you're looking for, for a way maybe to generate a little bit more growth potentially in the stock market, but you don't want to jump into the Teslas of the world and uh, NVIDIAs and, and other things out there that are a little bit more aggressive. Um, maybe you're looking for something a little more constant. And th this represents me and my investment philosophy. I love boring. Boring is good when it comes to investing, even in stocks. Um, some of my all-time favorites, Illinois Tool Works, Johnson & Johnson, AT&T, um, American Water, uh, which is AWK is the symbol on that. Just to give you an idea, I mean, these are boring companies, but they have served us very well over many, many years. Um, I'll give you an example of how dividends work. Again, dividends are a payment by the company, and not all stocks pay dividends. If you go out and look at a stock price or a stock quote, uh, for instance, you pull up Illinois Toolworks, ITW, um, it's going to show that the current price of it, which I think is around $230 a share, it's going to show the dividend yield, or again, that's the interest essentially they're going to pay you for holding the stock. It's around 2.28%. And it's also going to show you the actual dividend payment. It's $5.24. That's the current dividend of the company. So you own one share of Illinois Toolworks, you are going to, over the year, get paid $5.24 of dividends. Doesn't sound great, but let me show you how this works and why this is so important. Um, another one, for example, let's use Target. We all, we all probably know Target. It's one of, uh, one of everyone's favorites. We can easily go there, wanting to spend $20 and easily spend $200. Um, its current dividend yield is 2.73%. Now, right now it's about $158 a share, and the dividend payment is $4.32 a year. Most stocks pay their dividends uh, quarterly, so you always want to divide that annual dividend by four. So their quarterly payment is $1.08. So for every $100, or for every 
share you own, you're going to get $1.08 a quarter. So you own 100 shares of Target. Now you're talking, um, you know, you're, you're talking um, $108 a quarter in dividends or $432 per year on 100 shares of Target. What's cool about Target, what's cool about Illinois Toolworks and another 50 or so companies out there is they are part of this group called the Dividend Aristocrats. And the Dividend Aristocrats are companies that have uh, continued to increase their dividend every year for at least the last 25 years. So what that means is sometime this year or sometime next year, if they already have, Target most likely will increase their dividend. Um, that is to help stockholders keep up with inflation, keep up with the cost of living if they're relying on this money for income. So they will raise that $4.32 a year. Who knows? They could raise it 5%. They could raise it 10%. But if they raise it 10%, they're going to raise it 43 cents or 10% of $4.32. So now their annual dividend becomes, uh, what, about $4.75, cents. So if you were making $432 a year on your 100 shares last year, now this year coming up because of that dividend increase, you're now making $470. They've given you a raise. They've given your money a raise. And there's nothing you're doing other than investing in the company and letting it sit there. It's passive income at its best. It's letting your money work for you, whether it's stocks, municipal bonds, CDs, treasuries. There's lots of ways to do it. And I know I'm trying to cram all this into 20 minutes as an introduction, but um, I just want to give a precursor. We will spend an entire episode just on dividends, and I'll talk more about uh, how we've developed our income plan over the year through through the years through dividends uh, as well. But a great idea, a great way to start, and uh, I hope you find this valuable. Let's get if you got some money sitting on sidelines, get get to make it work. Um, there's plenty of places to to earn a little bit of money uh, that can be effective. And um, you know, from a risk standpoint, you can you can gauge that risk from just investing in U.S. Treasuries to bank CDs to municipal bonds to the stock market and so on. So a lot of different options out there based on your time frame, risk tolerance, and everything that goes with that. So that's what I wanted to cover for today. Again, we're making our money sweat. Um, if you got any comments, uh, anything I missed, anything else you'd like me to cover on this, got any questions, whatever please feel free to shoot me an email at contact at rainovermoney.com. I'm always out there on Twitter or on Twitter, Twitter handle at rainovermoney and visit the website for additional information, additional tools. I'll have a list of the dividend aristocrats out on the website so you can see what stocks fall under that. And uh, from time to time, some are falling off and some are going on that list. Uh, but it's a nice list to keep an eye on. A lot of boring companies that you'll love, I promise you. Uh, with that said, Thanks for joining us for episode 12, Making Your Money Sweat. I'm Kevin Hissong, Rain Over Money. Like, subscribe. Thanks for joining. Take care. We'll see you soon.